Today I have an announcement and I have to ring the freedom bell on this one because I don't want you to miss out. For the first time ever, we are slashing prices, specifically when it comes to our in-person retreat coming up April 20th of 2023 for Rest and Rebuild. We at Revelation Wellness are a nonprofit for people. And part of you being the best, most fullest expression of who God made you to be requires you to be known and loved and to work out some of these things that have come against you. You need a safe community for that and you need a brave community for that. Come away, space is limited. Swipe up on the show notes and and get yourself registered. I promise you, you will leave known and you need to be known. Now more than ever, it is a biblical mandate to meet together in community with other people. Meeting together face to face, not just Zoom screen to Zoom screen is vital to our health and well-being and our spiritual welfare. Enjoy today's podcast. And again, thank you donors. You truly do make all of this possible. We will talk again soon. And I hope I see you face to face April 20th at Rest and Rebuild Retreat. Peace. Hey, podcast family, I'm Aaron, one of the team members here at Revelation Wellness, and you just heard Elisa inviting you to be with us in person in April 2023 in Minnesota. I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited about it. And I want you to know space is extremely limited. This is going to sell out. So I want to make sure that you are one of the folks who will be there with us being transformed by Jesus together. I also want you to know, not only do we have that in-person retreat coming in April, but we're also kicking off our 2023 Rev on the Road season, January the 20th and 21st in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you've never been to one of our in-person events, you are in for a freedom party like no other. All you got to do is swipe up on the show notes, get all the details about Rest and Rebuild and Rev on the Road. Click the links for more information. You can also check out the other cities we're going to be coming to because we'd love to see you from coast to coast. Also, I'm excited because we've got the one and only Katrina Canfield today kicking off a brand new Revving the Word. Prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, prepare your bodies because we are going to move together. You ready? Let's dive in. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one. Here we go. Welcome, friends. Excited to be with you guys today for another episode of Revving the Word. We're going to be doing some endurance today, getting comfortably uncomfortable as we like to do. I'm Katrina Canfield. I get to serve as the Executive Director of Communications with Rev. And it's my joy to get to move with you guys. So, if you haven't already, go ahead and start warming up. And no matter how you're moving today, whatever modality you're choosing, can you think nice and long through your spine? Draw those shoulders back and down. 
Think strong through your core. And most importantly, lift the corners of your mouth because this is truly a get-to. It's a get-to. And I have this vision of thousands and thousands of you moving in the way God has created you to move and called you to move today. So you might be alone, you might be by yourself right now, but know that there are a multitude of others who are in it with you, training our hope, moving in God's love as we move our bodies and hear his truth. So as we're warming up on a scale of one to 10, you should be about a four or five, nothing, nothing too crazy, all right? In the next minute or so, go ahead and increase the intensity just a little bit. And throughout this workout, you want to maintain a pace that's comfortably uncomfortable. And usually when we get to that place, it's gonna feel hard, especially right at the beginning. And then we start to get into a groove and say, hey, wow, this isn't, this isn't as bad as I thought. So we're in this together. I did another Rebbing the Word, episode 730, that was about dealing with disappointment. And today we're gonna to talk about so on, we when we face rejection. Because friends, it's a universal experience that everyone has gone through. So I don't show up here to be a Debbie Downer to talk about the hard things. But what I do know is that God has called me to share from my own personal place of pain and to be vulnerable because we truly are in this together. So let's see what God's word has to say today. And I want to I want to set the stage in Genesis chapter 16. Abraham and Sarah are married. And remember, Abraham had the promise from God that from him would come a great nation. But Abraham found himself nearing the age of 100, and he didn't have any kids yet. And so he's thinking, hmm, it's going to be a little tricky for my offspring to become this great nation if I don't have any children. So, not that any of us can relate to this when we get impatient or when we don't see the results we want on our own timeline, Abraham decides to take matters into his own hands and he takes the suggestion of his wife, Sarah, and he sleeps with his Egyptian servant, Hagar and Hagar gets pregnant. Now Hagar and Sarah don't get along. Shocker, right? <laughs> you guys, this is almost like a soap opera if you think about it. Hagar and Sarah don't get along. Sarah is mean and abuses Hagar, and Hagar runs away. 
this servant who was forced to father Abraham's child and then is treated poorly and rejected, she runs away. And as she's running from her situation, she stumbles into the angel of the Lord who gives Hagar the promise that her son will also form a great nation. He tells her that through her bloodline, she'll have many descendants. And this is the verse I want to focus on today, verse 13, which says, and and Hagar responds to the Lord and his promise. She says, you are the God who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. Elroy, the God who sees. All right, so we're gonna increase the intensity a little bit right now, past the warm up. Now, you're going to maintain this pace. Think about a five to a seven. And I always like to tell people, think, think about what you need, not what you want, okay? You might wanna go a little slower because it feels better. Maybe you bump it up to a six or a seven. You may feel the pressure to go hard and crazy and the Lord's inviting you to take it down a little bit, okay? So I don't know what you need, but the Lord does, so ask him. And then get into that steady pace and lift the corners of your mouth again. Because I promise when you do that, going to change the way you're thinking about this workout. Oh God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the God who sees us. You see us in those places where we feel pain or rejection. Would you speak to us, speak to us, speak clearly from your word, your truth. Amen. So make sure you're maintaining that strong core, that firm foundation, light on your feet. Now, as I was reading a little more about rejection, I discovered that it's the most common emotional wound that we sustain. It's a universal experience. We've all experienced rejection. And in some ways, I I think we can take comfort in that, right? We've all experienced rejection because sometimes we can feel so alone and so isolated in those experiences. Like we're the only one who understands that pain. And this is really interesting. I discovered that when scientists place people in a functional MRI machine and ask them to recall rejection, recall an experience where they had faced rejection, the scientists discovered that the same areas of our brain were activated when we experience rejection as when we experience physical pain. So our brain responds to rejection in the same way as physical pain. Isn't that wild? It's wild. Friends, you're doing good. You're doing good. Scan your body. How are you feeling? Are you at the pace you need to be right now? Can you push it a little more? Or do you need to pull it back? And you guys, it's always an invitation. If you need to pull back, pull back, 
resting isn't quitting. But we're not gonna quit just because it gets hard. So rejection is, is just like experiencing physical pain. And when we talk about bad news getting stuck in our good bodies, I think this is the prime example that if we don't allow the word to speak to us and to heal those places, it gets stuck in our good bodies and we feel the effects of that. Now, Lisa is the expert on that and I'm just learning, but there is something about moving our bodies and hearing God's truth that will transform us if we let him, which is why we're here today. So I want you to, to get real now. Because I'm someone who's like, I know I've experienced rejection, but maybe, you know, maybe nothing huge. But the reality is if we stop and think about it, we've all experienced big rejections, small rejections, and they are hard and they are real and they matter. Maybe it was a painful breakup or a divorce or a friendship that failed or you've reached out to people to create community and they're not reciprocating or maybe you feel the rejection on behalf of your your children oh moms it's a whole new level of pain when we see our kids being rejected or our spouses maybe your parents weren't there for you or abandon you Maybe the people closest to you aren't supporting you in the way that you need. Maybe you didn't get chosen for a job or the team. We were talking on the Revelation Wellness family page the other day about feeling rejected when we show up to teach classes and pour our hearts and minds and souls into them and nobody comes. Like what? Come on, that's rejection. And it's a universal experience maintain that pace friends continue breathing maybe you need to breathe in through your mouth and exhale through your mouth and thank god for the breath in your lungs thank god for your elevated heart rate and ask him to help you receive what he has for you today now i'm going to share just a, a really recent personal experience that was super, super painful. And I want to preface, this, preface it by this. When I, when I talk about it, sometimes I can feel like it seems kind of minimal. Or I can feel like my emotional response to it was bigger than the situation called for. And then I can almost feel shame about that. But your experience matters. And the way you've processed rejection matters no matter how big or small it might look to someone else. And so the long and the short of it is, my family decided to host an exchange student in our home this semester. And we prayed about it. We were 100% on board. We looked through all the profiles of students and all unanimously agreed on one student and spent several months, two to three months, preparing our home. I cleaned the whole house and purged everything and took things to Goodwill and 
my kids shared a room so this student could have his own room. And we ran around the community trying to get him set up for success. And when he, we got here, we loved him and poured into him and cared for him and really tried to treat him as if he were a part of our family. And I can say, without a doubt, our family showed him extravagant love. And there's a lot, a lot of stuff that goes into it. But basically, the long and the short of it is, before the semester was up, several weeks before he was supposed to go home, he decided he did not want to live with us anymore because he didn't like us. And he left. And it was very sudden, and it was very unexpected. And my heart was broken. Because I think as the mom, I have two boys of my own, so I'm the only female presence in the home. <laughs> so I think as the mom, I took this great responsibility in loving fly. him in a really unique way. And ultimately, it felt like a rejection of me personally and the work that I had put into loving the student well. But more than that, opening your home to a stranger and allowing them to live with you and see kind of the ins and outs is a very vulnerable experience. I don't know if you've ever done something like that before. That's very vulnerable. And so for him to say he didn't want to live with us, it felt like a rejection of everything we stood for as a family. Not only me, but of my kids and my husband and our home and how we went about our life. And of course, in my mind, I'm, I'm you know, going to all the places and making it much bigger than it probably is. But the pain was real and the hurt was real. Because despite some of the negativity of the situation, I still came to love this kid and to really care for him. So your experience with rejection, and I want you to think right now, can you think of something specific that was recent or something you're walking through right now? I want you to get that in your mind. Because I'm sure your experience is different, the details are different, but the response is the same. Our bodies respond to the rejection like physical pain, and I have felt that in a really real way. And clearly it's also brought up the bigger issue of rejections I've faced in the past and the enemy has heaped this situation onto others and compounded them into a big fat pile of lies that your family is too much. No one will ever be in it with you for the long term. People will, people will get close and decide, no way, you guys are too much. People just aren't going to be in it with you which is some of the experience I've gone through in the past. Friends, your heart rate should be up. Maintaining that comfortably uncomfortable pace, okay? <laughs> because sometimes that's life, right? The Lord invites us to continue at this comfortably uncomfortable place and pace, knowing that he's going to sustain us. And so, in the midst of the pain and the rejection, I 
really sat down with the Lord. And I'm not someone who necessarily feels like I hear specifically from the Lord often. But as I sat down kind of in my grief and pain, I just said, God, what do, what do I need to know? I heard him say, I see you and I'm proud of you. I see you and I'm proud of you. I see how you loved that kid when he didn't deserve it. I see how you went out of your way to care for this complete stranger. I see the sacrifices you made for him, even though you didn't get anything return. And friends, I know for some of you, he's saying that to you right now. You loved big. You offered grace. You went out of your way for someone or for a certain situation, and you got nothing in return, or you did not get what you thought you would get in return, or the promise you thought that God had for you did not come to fruition. And that is hard, and that hurts. But I want you to know right now that God sees you. He's proud of you. He's proud of your obedience. And really, that's all that matters. So can you just sit with that for a minute? That thing you're struggling with, that rejection you faced, can you feel the eyes of the Lord saying, I see you, and I'm so proud of you. But then there was another question <laughs> from the Lord. He said, I see you and I'm proud of you. Is that enough? Is that enough that I see you? You trust me. And I was like, oh, ouch, Lord. I, yes, I want it to be enough. I want it to be enough that you see me and you're proud of me but I really just want the situation to be different. I really just want some affirmation here, right in front of my eyeballs from this person who hurt us so much. So can you ask yourself that? Is it enough that God sees you and he's proud of you and your obedience? And you may have not done everything perfect. I know I did not show up perfectly in this situation, but is it enough? Is it enough that he sees you? You are the God who sees me. I have now seen the ones who see me. And can you just see yourself seeing the Lord? And I know that sounds kind of weird, but can you see God seeing you right now as you're moving your body in obedience, listening to this truth? He is El Roy, the God who sees. And I can look back and say, yes, I was loving big but I was also really trying to control the situation and to make this kid like us. And sometimes we just don't know what else to do, right? And so we kind of overcompensate and we try to control and we close our fists when ultimately it's in God's hands. And so maybe right now as you're moving, you need to physically unclench those fists, reach them to the sky, open those palms and say, God, I trust you. It's in your hands. 
All right, I'm going to invite you to pick up your intensity, maybe one point. If you're out of six, can you go to a seven? And if you're like, I, I, don't, I can't do that, you're free, right? If you're moving, you're doing it right. And ultimately, we get to choose to trust that God, when he has planted seeds and we're following him in obedience, we may never, ever, ever, ever see the fruit. You guys, that stinks. That stinks. I hate that. I want to see the fruit. I'm unstoppable. I'm fearless. Yeah. I'm fearless. You know. I want to see the result of my obedience. Right? I think we all do. We want to see in our earthly minds God show up and sometimes we just have to trust him that we're never going to see it here on earth but that he's working for our good and his glory and that he has ultimately a plan we have to release control so where are you holding on to control to a situation keeping it stuck in your body when he's saying just release it to me and you guys it's gonna take some some time some effort and energy and oftentimes entering into hard places that we don't want to go i don't like thinking about my pain and my rejection and bringing those things up and if god has healed you from those places then you get to move forward but if there's a place that you've been rejected and you need to go there go there he sees you And one of the other promises we have is that he understands your pain. God understands and feels your pain because he was rejected as well. One eleven says he came to his own. Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him. His own people did not receive him. They rejected him. Isaiah 53.3, as it prophesies, about the coming of Jesus, it says he was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. He was rejected. He was a man of suffering, familiar with pain. He was despised and held in low esteem. He's not unfamiliar with what we're going through. God of the universe understands our pain. So he wants to meet you in that pain if you allow him. So friend, what pain do you need to take him right now? What specific rejection do you need to lay down before him right now? Keep breathing. Keep that spine nice and long. And even here as you're processing some hard things, can you lift the corners of your mouth? because he's good and he redeems all things and he uses all of our pain for his good, his glory for our good. Friends, you're doing so good and I'm so proud of you and I'm in this with you. I'm in it with you. Now, I've really um, struggled a lot with this the story that I told you because the pain I felt in some ways feels 
out of proportion with the actual experience. So on the surface, when I tell people, yeah, we hosted this kid, he didn't really like us, it didn't go well, he moved out. You're kind of like, oh, well, okay, that's a bummer. But there's layers and layers and layers of other things that kind of went into the situation that made it super painful. And I don't doubt for a minute that there was spiritual warfare going on. And I'm not gonna really go there right now. But I think what I've realized through this is even though I like to kind of minimize the things I'm going through, because sometimes it's just kind of hard to explain, you know, it takes a lot of energy. But one of the things God has really shown me is that when we're willing to show up and be vulnerable, and for you, it's probably not like reporting something like a rubbing the word where thousands of people are going to hear your stories. <laughs> but maybe he's asking you to show up and be vulnerable to just one or two people. And I have seen more than ever in this situation that God sees us through others. He uses others to see us and show that he sees us. Because when I knew the truth in my mind, but my heart was breaking, I needed people to remind me. Now, of course, you always want to go to God first and seek wise counsel from other trusted believers who are following him. My friends, I know it takes vulnerability to show up but I have been blessed by people who have been willing to take the time to speak life and truth over me and my pain, to remind me who I am, to remind my family who we are, to affirm me, and honestly also to speak some hard truths, to ask me, are you harboring unforgiveness? Are there places that you are holding on to the situation in a super unhealthy way? And that's between you and the Lord, but you gotta be willing to go there. How you feeling, friends? I promise a few more minutes here. Actually, how about for the next 90 seconds or so, I want you to push the pace, and then we're gonna gradually bring it down as we cool down, okay? You can do it. Push the pace. I've been here before, my heart feels so weak. Got this and I know some of you might be saying, man, community is hard. It's hard finding those safe people. And I totally get it. Because consistent community has been hard. And honestly, one of my biggest areas of rejection as far as our, our family and finding people to do life with. But man, when you find those people, you cling to them, and you thank God for them. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, and so another person sharpens another. Who are those people in your life that will sharpen you, call you upward and forward, or maybe encourage you to slow down? to seek the Lord in the midst of the hard things. Come on, strong here.
All right, we have two cooldown songs. This first one, I want you to de decrease, okay? Bring it down, not all the way. So maybe you're just bringing it down. One point of resistance. Maybe you come down to about a six or five. I also want you to, occur, to encourage you, can you be that person to someone else? Can you be someone who's willing to enter in and see someone to show God, to show them how God sees them? Because sometimes when we're so broken and hurt and our bodies are feeling the physical response to the pain, we need other people to remind us. We might know it in our heads, but when our hearts hurt, it can be hard. Can you be that person to someone else? And like I said, I've had multiple people who have just spoken words and phrases that I just had to journal and say, yes, this is, this is the truth. I might feel one way, but this is the truth. And I go back to that, my journal and so encouraged. And I've had one person specifically who I know is listening to this, who has been on her knees for me in this situation, and I am eternally grateful. Someone who doesn't just say, I'll pray for you, I'm sorry, but who prays for you and then tells you what God told them is such a gift. So if you have those people, cling to them, friends. And if not, pray for them. And maybe you can be that person to someone else. And I know it's, it's hard in this day and age where we have so many quote unquote friends on social media and we're connected and text threads and boxers and all the places. It can feel super overwhelming. God isn't calling you to be that to everybody. You can speak life and be an encouragement, but maybe, maybe there's one or two people he's calling you to pour into to remind them that he sees them, that he is El Roy, the God who sees, and you can be his hands and feet, like arm, iron sharpening iron. And if you don't have those people, can you ask the Lord right now, God, who do you need? Who needs me to be that for them right now? Ask him to reveal those people. We all know the value of community. and We say we need it and we pray for it. Can you ask the Lord specifically? Maybe those people will come to mind right away. Maybe it'll take some time. Maybe they'll come in some unexpected places. Now, going back to the story of Hagar, I thought it was really interesting as I was reading through Genesis. I read a commentary that said, Abraham and Sarah never used 
Hagar's name in that passage. They simply said, my, ser my servant, your servant, the servant. They didn't even use her name. How impersonal, how unkind. What a sense of rejection in the midst of that terrible situation. Right now, God sees you and he is saying, insert your name. I see you and I'm proud of you. Katrina, I see you and I'm proud of you. Is that enough? Friend, that thing you went through where you poured out your heart, where you loved well, where you prayed for an outcome you didn't get, when you asked the Lord, God, can I just see a little bit of the fruit and you didn't see it? Lay it all down, filled with all those anxious thoughts, and your doubts became your God. Lay it all down, lay it all down at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus Lay it all down physically open your hands and say, God, I trust you. I trust if that rejection was for my protection. I trust that that rejection had a bigger purpose than I'll ever know or understand. I trust that I might not ever get to see the fruit or the results or the transformation. I might not ever get a thank you or an I'm, I'm sorry. But you see me, you understand that pain, God, and you will not waste anything. You will not waste one second of my obedience, Now, if you haven't already, start to decrease the pace a little bit more here. Friend, what do you need to lay down right now? What specific situation or hurt or pain or rejection?
going to go quiet here for the last couple minutes. And I want you to tell the Lord specifically what you're laying down before him now. How you trust him. How you know. And you trust that he is working all things for your good and his glory. God, we thank you. We trust you. We love you. Thank you for seeing us. May we trust you with the fruit of our obedience. Amen.